Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. Moms, future moms, husbands, future husbands, all of this applies to us if we want to be in a mentor role and continue growing in our relationship with the Lord, okay? I, I love to watch the, uh, the Dallas Theological Chapels on YouTube, and if you guys have a chance, uh, watch them. They're excellent. Uh, one of my favorite people to watch is Chuck Swindoll. Uh, he just has this way of, of coining a phrase and putting things so simply when it comes to something that's intense in Scripture that uh, it's just it's great to hear him. And so in this one uh, DTS seminary um, chapel, Chuck Swindoll gave a complete credit to everything that he's accomplished in his life to his mother's prayers and his own spiritual relationship making him the man he is today because of his mom. He said, and I quote, My theological training started when I was three or four. When I heard my mom pray, Lord, help him if he ever does that again. (laughs) (laughs) And I I, want to say that mine was somewhat similar. Uh, I could relate to that story because my mom taught me how to pray. She taught me how to call out to the Lord out loud. As soon as I saw that chancleta come off, I was saying, Lord, please let that be for Robbie. (laughs) But the truth is is this. Your child is just as strong as mom's prayer life. Your, Your child that you're rearing in the Lord, your child that you're growing according to Scriptures, that you're trying to guide according to the Word of God, they're only as strong as the prayers that you're sending up for him or her. Amen? Amen. Your children will reap the harvest of spiritual blessings based on the time that you spend on your knees in spiritual warfare, cultivating and guiding their life. What they see in you. Right? What they see you do, they repeat too. That's not to say that they won't fail and fall. That's not to say that the, the, the spiritual child that you might be mentoring is not going to you know, walk away from it at one time. That isn't to say that your child isn't going to disobey you because all of a sudden you're praying and because you're praying, your child is just never going to disobey their parents. Never going to tell a lie. Never going to hide the report card or something like that. My kids are so unfortunate, they can never hide the report card because I sit as part of the admin staff here at the school. So basically, me, John, and Katie's kids can never hide anything when it comes to school stuff here at the school. Not that they would want to, 
They're great kids. But your relationship with them is directly relinked to your time with the Lord. Abraham Lincoln said, I remember my mother's prayers and they've always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Isn't that a great quote? I found that on Twitter. No, I'm joking. He didn't tweet. He didn't have Twitter back then. Okay. I love that quote. Don't believe everything you read on Twitter. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. No, but this is a real one. But think about that. This great man, right? We, we, we lift him up in the United States as this man that stood against slavery, against a whole system of wrong. And if you really think about it, had his mom not been praying over a small child early in his developmental years, if his mom hadn't been guiding him according to Scripture, we might have had a totally different outcome. A great man shaped by a great prayer life. A strong man forged by hours of talking to the Lord. A humble and godly man developed by parents that had a great relationship with the Savior. One of the great men of the Bible that we're going to look at today had a praying mother. He was the first prophet after Moses' time, a priest dedicated through a Nazarene vow. One of only eight people God called by name more than once. Think about that. We read in Scripture, in the Old Testament, there would be men that would be called by name. But there is very few of them. And this one, more than once. He was considered a great judge of Israel, even though his people rebelled against his rule. And I love how David describes him in Psalm 99. If you have your Bibles, take a look at Psalm 99. Looking at verses 5 to 9, to 8, excuse me. Five to eight. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in a pillar of cloud. They kept his testimonies and the statue that he gave him. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, and yet an avenger of evil deeds. I love this psalm because it just talks about the nature of these three men, but in particular today we'll look at Samuel. Because Samuel, in David's eyes, he's lifting him up. He's saying, okay, there's three men that I look up to. There was Moses and Aaron who did that monumental task of leading the people through the wilderness. Oh, but there is this guy, Samuel. There's this guy, Samuel, 
who, who pushed on even though everybody didn't like him. Who listened to the Word of God even though no one else could give a rip about what God was saying. Who held on to God's truths in the midst of chaos. Each of these men were men David remembers as ones that exalted God. In fact, that's how he even starts and leads into talking about him. He says, God needs to be worshipped on high. And men that I remember that did this are these three. They praise in ways others did not. They cried out to God. In fact, that's specifically what David highlights about Samuel. Look at it again with me. And Samuel was among those who called on his name. Samuel cried out, Yahweh! And I love what the other half of the verse says. Verse 6. And he answered them. He spoke to them, verse 7. And the statutes that he gave to them, they kept as his testimony. These men were men that prayed in other ways that others didn't. They were men that got God's attention and held God's attention when he was speaking. They held an audience and praised God's name. And they talked to Him by name. They were men, David says, kept the testimony of God. Everything they did, they they thought, how does this affect the way that my relationship with God works and the way that it works in other people's lives? They lived it. And they showed His Word through their life. These were men above men because their relationship that they had with the Most High God. And for Samuel, we could trace his roots back to his mother. In Samuel's life, we could trace the roots back to a mother that prayed. Back to a mother that asked God to bless with a son, even though she didn't even have one. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Samuel chapter 1. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we we see just as Abraham Lincoln's mother said, the prayer of a mother sticks to a son. The prayers of the mother ripple into the life of their child. It was a prayer that clung to a life. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're introduced to Hannah, the second wife of Elkanah. His first wife, Peniah, she she had children, but Hannah had none. And though Hannah had a special place in his heart, she was incomplete because she felt like she needed to have a child to be fully pleasing to Him. And so she prays. She doesn't just go to God for a kid. 
She doesn't just go to God for a child and say, Lord, I'd really like a child. I'd like to bear a child that, that, you know, I could be pleasing in my husband's eyes or something like that. You know, in that time, unfortunately, it was based on some of those circumstances. I'm not saying it's right, and the Bible doesn't say it's right. But she comes to God and she says, Lord, I don't just want a child. God, I want a great man. God, I want him to have his life devoted to you and your service. I want him to have a heart that's full for Yahweh. I want him to be fully committed and dedicated to your service. She doesn't just stop at, God, I want a kid. She goes into, Lord, and this is what I want him to do for his God. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 to 18. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat of, by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she was greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never touch his head. Now it came about, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli was watching her mouth. And as for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart, only her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine, will you? But Hannah replied, no, my Lord, I am, not, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant as worthless women. For I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And may God of Israel grant your petition that he, you have asked of him. She said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Hannah's distraught. She's depressed. She's weeping. She's crying out in pain because she wants a child. But not just any child, not just any son, one that will serve the Lord. One that will be dedicated to God. She says, God, if you give me this son, it's not going to be my son. It's going to be a son that I give back to you. Not a razor would touch his head because he will take a vow to only serve the God of Israel. I want just not a son. I want a great man of God. I want a spiritual giant. So she comes to God and she pleads. 
And the first thing that we need to see is that there is no request too great or too small or person that's too small or too great in God's eyes that He doesn't listen. There's nothing that's too personal for God not to listen to your cries. Because our God hears the voice of His children. Amen? Amen. Whatever burdens your heart, we see in this passage, share to the Lord. She's coming to God distraught, feeling broken. And that's exactly what Hannah is showing us. Is that we serve a God that cares. I think that's why a lot of times in Scripture, even Jesus, when He's talking about the relationship that God has, He talks more about how it's relating to a mother being compassionate to her children. Even though He calls Himself Father, when He's talking about the relationship, when He's talking about what He wants to have with us, it's always in the terms of compassion and caring. This was a woman that knew who God was. She saw Him as great, and she humbly comes to Him. She came not beating her chest, making a scene, but meekly, quietly, painfully, heartfelt, softly. The priest Eli said, Woman, are you drunk? I love that part, right? He sees her mouth moving, He doesn't hear any words. She's just sitting there. She's probably raising her hands, moving them around, right? My wife does that at night. She does that. When she first did that, I was kind of worried that she was like sleep moving, (laughs) right? Because I've gotten plenty of the ring in the face, and I was like, ooh. And then I grabbed her hand, and she's like, I'm praying. I was like, oh, okay. I'll roll back over. But I kind of see Hannah is doing the same thing, right? The priest Eli, he's taking his break. He's done his prayers for the day for the people. Because a lot of times, if you really wanted the attention of God, you'd go and you'd talk to the rabbi, you'd talk to the priest, you'd talk to the judge in that time. He would go and make the sacrifice on your behalf and go, go you know, talk to God on your behalf and lay the requests of forgiveness or, or intercession or whatever it might have been He would go and do. But what does she do? She goes direct. She doesn't want somebody to have to pray on her behalf. She goes right to God. She gets down on her knees. She's praying to the God in the temple. Lord, I just, I I need a son. I need a son that'll honor you, that'll carry on this relationship that I have, that'll be somebody great and do bold things on behalf of his maker. He comes and he says, I see your lips moving, but nothing's coming out. Are you drunk? No, I'm just talking to my Father above. We see she believed in a God that answers prayers. Watch the mood shift from the beginning to the end. Verse 10. Take a look at verse 10 again with me. 
She's greatly distressed. And she prayed to the Lord and she wept bitterly. That word wept, it means that you're shaking from pain and agony and upsetness. You know, this is, this is one of those cries that it's, it's the ugly cry. You know what I mean? The ugly cry. You know, there's that cry that you still kind of maintain your composure. It's like, and, and there's just little tight tears coming down the side. This is the ugly cry, you know, where the snot's coming out. And, the, you know, you open your mouth and there's the spit all, you know, it's kind of gross, right? It's the ugly cry. You're shaking, you're weeping. It's the gross cry that you don't want anybody to see. And that's what she's doing. She's having this moment where she's breaking before the Lord. God, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I'm broken and I'm throwing it at your feet. That's what we see in verse 10. She's coming to her end and she's greatly depressed and she's weeping bitterly. Verse 11, she says that she feels afflicted. God, I feel afflicted. I feel that this is an attack on me, on my character, because I believe you. Verse 15, she says, I, I'm a woman oppressed. I'm a woman oppressed, greatly concerned. But Eli comes and talks to her. Because God's heard your prayer. Go ahead, go home. God's heard your prayer. And what does verse 18 say? So the woman went her way. She ate. And her face was no longer sad. You know what we see here is a woman that believed is a woman that believed in prayer and believed that her God answers prayer. Amen? Amen. She came to the church depressed and wrecked and barren. And when she went home, she went away happy and full, feeling that the Lord had answered her prayers. Man, that must be an amazing worship service. <laughs> I mean, we have a pretty jamming worship service. I love when the guys get up here and they lead us in worship and you just feel it move you, right? Yes. But wow, she must have had some amazing worship that day. <laughs> so where do you think Samuel learned to pray where David took notice? Where do you think Samuel learned to go to the Lord and talk to the Lord in a personal way. Where David would write, man, there was this guy named Samuel. Out of all the men in Israel, there's three that stick out in my book. Samuel was one that he would talk to the Lord, he would hear the word of the Lord, and he would stand on the testimony of the Lord. Where do you think he learned to do that? There was a woman named Hannah who talked to the Lord. And when the Lord said yes, she walked away happy. 
Where do you think Samuel learned to love God and talk to God? Where do you think Samuel learned humility before God? Mom had a relationship with God and prayed her son would have an even greater one than hers. Moms and dads, are you praying that right now for your children? Are you praying that for your grandchildren? Spiritual parents, are you praying that your, your spiritual kids will become pillars in the Lord? Are you praying for your children? Are you showing them what it means to have a relationship with God? To stand on His Word? To trust God? To believe Him? To thirst for Him? This woman came to the temple. She had been fasting. She was saying, I, I, I cannot feel satisfaction until I feel the Lord hears me. She was depressed. She was down. She felt distraught. She says, I feel oppressed. I feel like there is a demonic attack in my life. And then the Bible says she got up. She went and ate. Why? Because she felt filled spiritually. She felt as though the Lord had heard her. Your kids are watching. They are learning to do spiritually what you, they see you do. Brothers and sisters, if we want to raise spiritual giants, they need to see us. Or do we want spiritual dwarfs? Mothers who have a strong relationship with God. Fathers who have a strong relationship with God. Moms who pray. Dads who pray. Grow men of God. Grow women who stand tall on the promises of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's why we can jump to Proverbs 31. Verse 28. And I know I promised I wouldn't do a Proverbs 31 message, but this isn't. Her children rise up and bless her. You know what the blessing of Hannah was? It was the fact that every day her son got up honoring the Lord. That's a blessing. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Hannah has that much story but she's mentioned in Scripture as a woman who prayed. And because of that prayer, because of her going before the Lord, her son accomplished great things for the sake of her God. Amen? Amen. Parents, pray for your children. Not just in times of difficulty, I'm not just saying when your kid is, is acting up, go before the Lord. 
Pray for their spiritual greatness. Ask God to bless them. Ask Him to work in their lives. And let them see you. Let them see you study God's Word. Let them see you pray. Let them hear you. Call God to let them be kids, men and women, that stand on your Word and that serve you. Amen? Amen. 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 Because they'll rise up and they'll call you blessed. And seeing their lives live for the Lord, that's the greatest blessing, isn't it? Amen. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.